More than 60 journalists have been arrested to date, and several are being charged under a, a law that basically condemns any speaking up against the regime. There was a spike in arrests of also artists and celebrities, and more than 100 people are in hiding. I mean, the numbers could be a lot higher. So quite a few photographers and journalists have been shot. I have a worrying situation. So we're hoping, we're really hoping to make a meaningful contribution for this really important cause. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Yellow Van Stories, your interview podcast taking you across the globe in a yellow French camper van by the name of Fonzi. I'm your host and driver, Bastian. Today we come to you with a special episode focusing on the current situation in Myanmar. I've been following the news ever since the military coup, wondering what could be done from the enormous comfort of my home to show solidarity and support for the courageous Burmese women and men fighting for their freedom. And it turns out there is a way. Fonzie's in first gear ready and we are good to go. So buckle up and get comfortable Because today we will introduce an initiative to you that takes a stand for freedom by the simple proliferation of art. Here with us in the Yellow Van today is Chiara Luxardo, an Italian visual storyteller living in London. And I am very happy to have you in the Yellow Van today, Chiara. Welcome. Ciao, Bastian and everyone. Thanks so much for having me. It's wonderful to have you. It's um, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. And, oh, likewise. Uh, yeah. uh, well, okay. We all, you know, this, this flattery will definitely uh, get you somewhere. Um, so this is this is a, a really a great opportunity to talk to you today because uh, a lot of things are happening uh, right now in in Myanmar. I had already <laughs> announced this uh, two weeks ago that we would dedicate some time uh, to the topic. And that has very much to do with the amazing initiative that you've just started, Print for Crisis, which is trying to help and support uh, the democratic struggle that's taking place right now in Myanmar. And we want to get into that a little bit today and uh, know a little more about your personal history with Myanmar and how we can support uh, what is going on there at the Fantastic. moment. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. So, um, first of all, I would like to know you. It's definitely not the most important question today, like I very often say. Uh, but nonetheless, I would like to know what have you, what are you drinking today? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, okay. I really wanted to have a beer, but, <laughs> okay. But I really needed a Coke. Oh, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. Coke's good. It's going to keep you awake. I'm very yeah, much for that. I need some that. sugar and some... Absolutely. Yeah, help Absolutely. Brain. <laughs> and talking to me can put people, make them a little sleepy. So I'm very good that you thought of that as well. So, <laughs> I um, didn't think uh, about that. By all but... means. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good thinking. It's very good thinking. <laughs> so, um, but because, you know, I, I, it's, I, I was torn a little bit today because it's uh, obviously it's, we're, we're covering a lot of ground. You're an 
in England, I'm taking, I'm saying that now, even though that would have been my next question, but you're in England, you're Italian and we're talking about Myanmar. So I was like, okay, what drink am I going to pour? So I settled for uh, an Italian red wine, just oh, a simple so primitivo. No. Primitivo. Oh, wow. Drink for me. Primitivo, well. Bella. Amazing. Yes. So uh, cheers. Cheers. Salute. Coke and, and red wine. Salute. <laughs> Salute. Nice I to have bit, you. Chiara. I feel a bit ashamed as an Italian to drink Coke now, but. Mm. You should not, you should not, you should not. It's it's not the most expensive Primitivo. I mean, Primitivo is, as the name suggests, not the most expensive, but it's very drinkable. It's I have very to say, good, wow, that's very yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites for sure. It's very, very nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very nice. So, I already said where you are. Where are you right now? Can you just give us a bit of an insight oh, sure, where you are right yeah. now? So, I'm, I'm staying in the countryside in Lincolnshire, in my mother-in-law's house. Uh, so, temporarily for a month before moving to a new place in London. So it's very peaceful and quiet. Very nice. It's a sunny day, which, you know, for the UK, um, it's not to take for granted. And the, <laughs> the pubs are opening tonight. So I'm actually really excited. No way. To go. Yeah, today, the, the, today, actually, the pubs uh, reopened in the whole, yeah, the, the UK. Yeah. So the village pub is open. My word, that must be like a holiday. Oh, yeah. I yes. Mean, that I must be you, like a holiday. So British people are going to go nuts. Uh, we were looking to book. There's a pub kind of nearby that makes really good food and it's booked up until mid-May. All right. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really surprised, actually. For a month, yeah. I'm not really surprised. I lived in, I lived in, in London for a year, uh, way, way back when. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, pop culture in England, it's something extraordinary, something yeah. unique. And I, that's why when you say that today is the day that the pops are opening up again, it's like, wow, I can, I can only yeah. imagine what's going on in the UK right oh now. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, it's a frenzy. Mental. It's absolute mm, madness, yeah. probably. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine tonight what's going right. to happen in the streets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> After 11. After uh, 11. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we want to hear all about it yeah. next time we speak. Uh, please oh, yeah. keep a diary about that. I think that'll Absolutely. be interesting. Have your camera re camera ready as well. Camera Have ready, your yeah. camera ready as well. Historical I think that could be fun. Could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I will I will read a, an introduction about you uh, that mm -hmm. I uh, handcrafted by yours truly. Um, and uh, as usual, you can if I if I made some grave mistakes in writing it, you please just tell me afterwards and uh, <laughs> scold me properly. <laughs> but um, but uh, I will give it I will give it a go, and then afterwards we can see if you if you think that that describes you a little. Awesome, bit, thank you. Okay. So, Chiara is an Italian visual storyteller based in the UK and London. In her work, she explores identities, relationships, and gender issues. She's an active member of Women Photograph, a nonprofit launched in 2017 to elevate the voices of women and non-binary visual journalists. The roots for her interest in identity and the power of relationships can be traced back to a farm near Milan, I believe, at least, where Chiara grew up. It is a place that has been in her family's hands for many generations, and her love for the place still finds expression in her ongoing project, Family Farm. The Family Farm, the project, is an examination of the visual residue of previous generations in the form of old pictures, juxtaposing the findings with new original visual concepts and thereby galvanizing a new interpretive dialectic space that speaks of history as a living process, never complete in its evaluation and heavily dependent on the viewer's current perspective and emotional state. 
History, after all, is narrated. Chiara also lived and worked in Myanmar from 2015 to 2019, where she focused on LGBTQI plus projects and the organization of Yangon Pride. In her project Burma Love, Chiara places gay couples in front of romantic studio backgrounds, heavily borrowing from aesthetics of Burmese wedding photos, expressing the yearning of gay couples to be accepted into the common standards and rituals of society, ultimately to be regarded as equals amongst equals. Her love for Myanmar is still very strong. In the light of the current democratic uprising against the military junta, with rising death tolls every day, Chiara and her friend Olga Stefa, to whom you might already know from a previous episode of The Yellow Van, launched the initiative Print for Crisis. Print for Crisis, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the website states, and I think this is very important to just also make people understand where this was born, how this was born, and, and what your intentions are. We believe, and I quote now, We believe in the power of photography and empathy for others. In times of perpetual connection through technology, we feel responsible to not only watch, but act. Living in a world that is traumatized by fear and uncertainty, we strongly believe that helping each other is more essential than ever. We are therefore coming together to support the people of Myanmar. United, we raise awareness for freedom of expression in Myanmar with a louder voice and collect funds through a print sale of limited edition fine art prints. We are giving a platform to photographers from inside the country and those from outside who feel connected to Myanmar to make a meaningful contribution to their brothers and sisters' democracy struggle by donating a photograph. Each donated image will travel around the world to remind of beauty, connection, and independence. Together, let's send a message to the Myanmar people that they are being seen. All net proceeds will go to journalists, photographers, and artists, groups particularly targeted by the ruthless military regime. We at Mind the Bump and the Yellow Van absolutely share this belief in one human family and want to support this great idea as much as we can. So in this episode, therefore, we want to focus on what it is that made Chiara fall in love with Myanmar, why we should care about what's happening there at the moment, and how help can be as simple as hanging a beautiful photo up on your wall. So thank you so much for joining us in the Yellow Van today. Chiara, that's that's the end of my little introduction. Wow, Bastian, I have no words. <laughs> I mean, wonderful. I really, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm very moved. Thank you so much. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't say anything <laughs> until uh, until I get the first question uh, out there. I'm glad you like it. Um, it's it's not about really liking it. I just really feel that I, I hope that it it gives a bit of a the whereabouts where you are right now and and, and how this was born. Yeah, and uh, totally. and really, I think Print for Crisis. This is very very important. Um, to what you are doing is amazing, and uh, and so I want to get into a little bit how this was born and. Mm -hmm. How uh, an Italian girl living in the UK has fallen in love with a place as far away as Myanmar. So, so that's actually one of my first questions. Like, yeah. do you still remember when it when you went when you had this idea of mm -hmm. going to Myanmar for the very first time? What triggered that idea? So initially, I, I, I was inspired by my uncle who who traveled uh, to Myanmar in the early. Um, I think it was the late 80s, maybe early, maybe in the early 90s. Um, and I remember um, reading his diaries. So he was traveling at the time with um, staying at monasteries or with nuns. 
actually was mostly with nuns through the I think through Catholic mm -hmm. missionaries and he he had a wonderful diary that he wrote about the travels and um and he gave me this diary one year and and I think it, it kind of stayed with me somehow always as a destination that I really wanted to um, explore that I found so fascinating and interesting um, and then finally the opportunity came in in 2014 uh, to organize a, a two-month trip uh, traveling all around the country with my ex at the time and when I I mean I yeah I fell in love with the country I would say after the first couple of weeks and I thought wow you know of all the countries that I visited it just had something special and and it just really moved me and and I found the people so different and so um so kind and so it, how can I say they really I felt like they were really looking for connection forthcoming looking for connection yeah so mm. basically i started thinking like wow you know it would be so amazing to to come and live here for a while um and i before that i had mostly been traveling to in asia so i started my first trip was in india for an mm. internship after my university for four months and then you know i did the, all the thailand cambodia vietnam uh all the various Southeast Asian countries, Indonesia, etc. All these nice but, places. <laughs> but, you know, nothing, yeah, none of them struck me like Myanmar. And so, yeah, basically I, I went crazy. I came back home and in six months I packed my bag and I was like, okay, I'm off. Bye-bye. I finished some, some work I had. Uh, yeah, and off I went. But it's not so easy, you know, to just uh, pack your bags and, and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Uh, like, there has mm. to be a very strong emotional connection. Uh, what, yeah. what was that for you? Was it really mainly the, the, the people? Was it, um, was it the, the, the places, the mix of it all? Is there anything in particular? Or is it really just that you mm. are, you're just stumped by, 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 by the entire experience there? I think it was a mix between the people that really, really touched me and, and really how interesting and fascinating the country itself is from a sort of, from a historical and social point of view. Uh, as a photographer, to have the opportunity to really um, live in a place like this for some time and um, kind of um, try to, you know, Because it, I also find it really unique compared to to other neighboring countries. So I think, yeah, just the, the oh my god! I hope you can edit after. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. If first of all I can edit, and second of all, you know, uh, it, it's like don't blame yourself. Blame me right. because maybe my question is just not uh, not to the point enough, which is the case very often. So so don't be hard on yourself. Rather be hard on me. So, no, no, um, no, 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 can I, I will make it. I will. I will make it. I will ask you uh, the question a little more poignantly, right? Yeah. Um, for me, that would be um, for one thing that interests me, and that ties in a little bit also with the with the 
democratic struggle that we're seeing right now is mm -hmm. that Myanmar is a very multi-ethnic country, right? This mm -hmm. is at the at the bottom a little bit, too, according to my understanding. So bear with me. You have a much better understanding of, uh, of Myanmar than I do because I've never been and I just read up on But the stuff. Right. And we know yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a, there's a big gap there very often. But from my understanding, it's a multi-ethnic country. And this is what is causing a lot of the unrest in the country. Um, yeah. So for you, when you were in Myanmar, is was it something that you could identify? And I want to know this from you also, especially because you have dedicated such a large part of your work to the topic of identity and relationships. So you have mm -hmm. a really good antenna for these things as well. Is this something that you picked up already while you were there? This 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 multi ethnic makeup of the society and some of the problems that come with it was that a, a, a matter of um, intriguing you as well mm -hmm. and maybe what something you wanted to explore how did you feel about that yeah for sure i thought that its complexity was really interesting i did i think the first time i traveled there i had no idea of actually how how really complicated and how um intricate the the whole situation was and it took me a long time to understand even you know being there for Maybe, you know, years. I think even after one year, okay, some things I started to understand. The second year, all right, now I'm understanding a bit more. You know, on the third year, again, like another step up. It was really a very, very long process. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I studied really hard the language. And um, <laughs> before <laughs> I studied Burmese, I thought I was actually talented and good with languages. And then... After I started learning <laughs> Burmese, my self-esteem had like a massive drop. Uh, because It's, it's really a humbling hard. experience, right? Yeah, very, very yeah. much indeed. Mm. Um, it's the same for, for Greek and me. Same with Greek and me. Oh, yeah. It was really tough. It helped a lot. Uh, but of course, I'm not fluent at all. But, you know, initially to have a basic conversation, I could mm. manage that, which really, really helped a lot in terms of connecting. But then, you know, certain things, if you don't, Yeah, if you're not fluent and if you're not from the country, I think certain things are impossible to understand with our kind of culture, background and mindset. It's just, hmm. it's, yeah, very complicated. Hmm. But hmm. in terms of, if I can make an example, like in terms of um, gender equality, it took me quite some time to understand really how the situation is because initially it's not things that you would see or perceive as a foreigner in the country actually uh on a daily basis but then you know speaking to people um yeah reading things it really it was one of the first aha moments like oh wow okay actually this is how it is um Yeah. And, and how was it? How is it? If you were to to con compare it, uh, not that comparisons are always the best thing to do, but but I think in in this particular instance maybe it will help a little bit. If you mm -hmm. compared like the 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 situation of the LGBTQI plus community in Myanmar, for instance, and in in Italy or in the UK, where where would you where where would the differences be? Wow. Yeah. It's really. It's a hard, it's a hard one, but it's it's a it's a really difficult situation because, um, well, the the British during colonialism um, created this three hundred three seven seven law that basically um, condemns homosexuality as sodomy, 
And ever since, mm -hmm. uh, it's been in the law. Uh, so in practice, it gets it's it gets rarely enforced, but it really creates a climate of uh, oppression for LGBTIQ people. Um, and there are there are instances when um, you know pe pe people get arrested and they get actually persecuted um, with this law. I don't know if you know. Sometimes it's an excuse for um, mm. getting some people out of the way, but yeah, it is. It's quite a problem. Uh, there are a lot of cases of trans women being um, harassed, um, even by the police. So yeah, it's quite, uh, and they are being mocked very much in sort of uh, movies and jokes. So it's, and there's no kind of law that could protect them, right, in these regards. Mm -hmm. So there's so a clear stigmatization and uh, there's, there's quite a lot of stigmatization, but then again, it's also very complicated, right? Because for instance, you see a lot of cases of, of course. Uh, trans women that uh, work as natkados, spirit mediums. I mean, not, not all spirit mediums are mm -hmm. trans, uh, but there are many. Um, and in these cases, I mean, they are really respected and adored and, um, given a lot of importance by people. Um, you see quite a, a lot of makeup artists as well, hairdressers, you know, this, in certain professions, professions they, find, they find their space. But then, yeah, on the other hand, you also mm. see a lot of discrimination. And um, yeah, I did a project on focusing on tomboys and in quite a few instances, mm -hmm. A few of them told me that they wish, uh, or kind of like more, more like they they were choosing to to look more like a man, so that they would be more accepted because of the you know heteronormative and binary norms mm. in in a conservative Buddhist society. So basically, you know, telling me like, okay, we are actually you know dressing up more boyish. Also, because we can, we look like a, a boy and a girl, and so, um, yeah, we're not going to be as discriminated hmm. and harassed, I suppose, as uh, well. and harassed uh, a lot of the times, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Um, so this is obviously uh, uh, this is obviously uh, a longer transition that this takes, unfortunately, you know. So uh, because it. it Things don't change overnight. We all know that, unfortunately, as much as we would like to. And uh, you having been, you know, making change also part of your your examination of identity and everything, I think uh, it is also safe to say that it's actually quite clear in retrospect now that you would also get involved with the Young on Pride a little bit. And how did how did that happen? Where I mean, it's not like you go to a foreign country and then all of a sudden you're also <laughs> getting involved with like something as uh, as you know, intense and beautiful and, and, and outgoing, um, uh, as the Yangon pride. So how, how did that happen? Where, how did you get into that slide into mm -hmm. that? I would imagine, but, uh, tell yeah, us so if that's right. I, I think initially it was a bit by accident because I did a project on tomboys and trans men in Myanmar with a colleague of mm. mine. 
uh, Sara Magni. So she came over from Milan. She's also a good friend of mine. And we worked on this for a month together in Yangon. So we photographed 10 couples. And then um, I sent the project to the Yangon Pride. At the time, it was called M Proud because it was only a film festival at the beginning. Um, so I sent them the photo project. Mm -hmm. They had like a contest going on on LGBT work. And they loved it. And, you know, they got in touch and they said, oh, we would really like to make an exhibition of it, of this, blah, blah, blah. So I met them. They showed the project um, initially, I think, in a gallery. Yeah. And then uh, one, one of the people in the team was, was uh, starting to work on the first public edition of, of Young on Pride. So like the first proper... Uh, let's say festival in a public space so everything was growing they right. you know they finally got permission to to do this from the municipality of yangon and you know he was just telling me how things were going they were you know expecting thousands of people they were building like a big 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 stage with celebrities performance they were planning many exhibitions uh, drag races and lots of activities and um and I remember he he was. That sounds quite like a hell of a party. It's oh yeah, I mean it was so amazing. Yeah. I have to say, I, <laughs> oh, I wish I could go back there now. Um, yeah, so it was. I mean, he he was really swamped with the organization, and I remember telling him, "Look, you know, if you if you need mm. some help, just you know, let me know, and and I would be I would love to get involved." And so yeah, that's how it started. So a few months later, I. I was on board and helping them with the first edition, uh, which took place. Amazing. Now, so if they had three, last year was the third year, 2020. So must have been 2018. Wow. Or so that, I think that's after you were, you had been in Myanmar, you had been in Myanmar for two years then, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I moved there at the end of 2015. Mm. And did you only stay, where did you stay? You stayed only in Yangon uh, or did you also yeah. go uh, stay in other places? I was only yeah? living Yangon? in Yangon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was using Yangon as a base and then I was traveling quite a bit, but I, actually depending on mm. the periods. Mm. So I did some work for some NGOs mm. uh, that sent me traveling to different areas. Um, but yeah, mm. Yangon is the base. Mm. Doing I, photography work there as well. Doing, photog doing photography work. Yeah. 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 So I was freelancing. All I right. was mostly freelancing for um, magazines, uh, international magazines and, and local NGOs, local and international NGOs. Mm. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so usually, you know, I would say that also the, first of all, to organize something like the Yangon Pride uh, in Yangon and in Myanmar, it's not just in, Yang in, in Myanmar, but I think the world over, the more gay rights a country is willing to accommodate in their already pre-existing societal structures, it's also a sign of a society opening up, right? At yeah. least that's my understanding. Um, so this is also an indication how the society was opening up, therefore. So how would you describe the 
the spirit at that time in general because you also did this um this project in transition which is uh, also mm -hmm. a, a, a remarkable project i think and uh, everybody i will link to your website and and people should really check out your wonderful projects and and also that uh, project in particular um, it has to do with a lot of people with, with a lot of people it has to do with people in transition in the sense of yeah. uh, protesting for their rights uh, wanting to uh, transform society Uh, wanting change that they uh, can be a part of because for 50 years already uh, Myanmar had been under a military dictatorship and only in 2010, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think they had the first uh, democratic elections. Now we will not get into the details, not about how a quarter of those seats were still held by the military and so on and so on, but it was a huge step, right? Yeah, and you definitely. got there six years after. What was the general feeling there at the time? Can you so imagine that? one big uh, one big change was was brought about with the internet because mm. uh, even when I moved there when, when I was traveling there in 2014 actually the connection was really slow and SIM cards were more expensive. I mean the years before they would even cost a hundred dollars. Nobody would have like an internet SIM card right in you know let's say 2013 14. So then. Internet came and it got really cheap, quite fast. Uh, and more and more internet companies came out. You know, I mean, the coverage until a few months ago, now the whole country is shut down um, completely, unfortunately, yeah. from the internet. But uh, before that, you would find, you know, farmers in the middle of nowhere with their phone connected on Facebook, right, recently. So I think... Uh, that was a big kind of motor of change um, for people, for information, mm -hmm. for freedom in a way. You know, of course, an internet has its downsides as well. And you don't have to get into that, but um, this was a really, really. Yeah. A, a, that's that's a, a whole other conversation. That's all yes. other, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Yangon was uh, exploding in terms of. Um, change, constructions, uh, roads. Um, it was really quite shocking how it changed in, you know, six months, you would just see a shopping mall suddenly, boom. And before, I mean, I remember in 2015, I couldn't find underwear <laughs> for myself, like in, in terms of like just normal cotton, my size underwear. I, I was really struggling because there was one mall Uh, and yeah, sometimes size was not good <laughs> because I'm quite tall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, so I, but yeah, you find, well, you know, when you're, when you're traveling, you know, everything. when you're traveling, Exactly. And when you're traveling, we all know, you know, I mean, you can, you can get away with so much more stuff, you know, and, and even though you're living abroad and you're living in Myanmar, you can always just qualify it as traveling. So it's totally fine. <laughs> We're underway inside out. You know, who cares? Yeah. Nobody, nobody will check. change. On the other side, so, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so no harm done there. Uh, but, um, so uh, what you're describing there is there was a, a spirit of departure into a new era. Right. Yeah. I think it was something that was very much. Uh, it was in the air. It was. It was almost uh, touchable. More right? and more companies. Yeah. More and more companies came in as well to do business. You know. More. You. So many. Also local kind of 
small local initiatives in terms of even just tourism wise, you know, the small family guest houses that mm. finally would just, you know, pop up everywhere around the country. Uh, and this was just really recently yeah. because, you know, a decade ago, it was just mostly government run hotels. So it really underwent uh, yeah. a crazy transformation, like in, in so many sectors and so quickly. Yeah. Mm. It's like a fast forward to global um, globalization what? at like three times the yeah. speed of other places, right? Um, which is also one of the, at least from what from what I've from what I've read and what I understand is one of uh, one of the problems also though of this booming economy is also that um, the, the the military is also very much invested in the infrastructure and in Myanmar economy, right? They're funding themselves pretty much, yeah. so mm -hmm. that's why you have a lot of military running a lot of business operations, yeah. and therefore um, the shutting down of certain things will really hurt them financially, and therefore uh, it is even more difficult to come to some sort of a conclusion in the current state now, right? It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, it's going to be really tough for for. For the people as well, they. I think the military will will still manage to do some businesses uh, because some countries mm. are not gonna actually. I mean, some countries are still gonna engage, mostly uh, ASEAN countries, uh, especially China. <laughs> They're mm. not really gonna, you know, say, "Oh, yeah, your human rights are not doing great, so we're backing off." They, they, they're never gonna do that. So. Um, Yeah, they will still get some financing. Let's see how how it's going to be. But, you know, yeah, many businesses are going to be really, really hurt. And it breaks my heart to think about, you know, all the small, like, family-owned businesses that recently started that are just going to be destroyed at the moment. Yeah. Did you at the time uh, also like I'm going just in between that period now as well when you did your in transition uh, um, uh, work because you know to have this moment of departure uh, in a society and then having a democratic process you know it's the one thing uh, having and and also wanting democracy but it is something that takes place in a lot of small places. You know, I think democratic infrastructure is something that also grows through community, the little communities yeah. to, to lay down the, the, the little pieces there, you know, to have some sort of a representation in the little villages, have, uh, you know, elections and so on and so on. It's nothing that has changes on a big scale. It is something that really changes on the small scale, first of all. Did you at that time already see that happening? How was that that transformation in Myanmar taking place? Hmm. I think the, I mean, I, w I would say, honestly, that, I mean, I might be taking sides now, but like Yangon Pride was the first edition of Pride in a public park with about 8,000 people over three days was one of those moments wow. where I was like, okay, wow, you know, something is changing. And and it was just such a hard year because, uh, well, the genocide happened earlier. And um, the Rohingya really, genocide? The Rohingya oh. genocide. There were... Um, a lot of, yeah, so really awful things happening at the same time. 
That was the same year. Well, it was before, I think. Um, let me, because I need to still, I need to check when the first edition of Pride was. Oh my God, I'm really bad with the... <laughs> Wait, I, I actually, I actually... It was, the, so, no, I mean, we had Pride the year after, huh. or two years after. So, I mean, the Rohingya genocide happened before Pride, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. And, and I remember, you know, thinking of all the, you know, bad things that are happening when I saw all these people and including, you know, little scenes, like maybe you would see the policeman with the kids looking at an exhibition about LGBT people, you know, but like interestingly looking at it, like it was, or, you know, you would see a couple holding hands or, you know, a couple like super nicely Mm. dressed and cute, you know, and going around looking and reading super carefully all the captions of the photos and, uh, or, you know, hugging during a concert. It was really super moving. And I thought like, wow, you know, maybe something is changing here. Like, it's actually quite impressive. We're having, we're having a gay festival in a country that condemns homosexuality. I mean, it's really the idea itself, but also giving them a place and a yes. space because there, there, there aren't any. Mm. And uh, then this, yeah. So the second, the second year of Pride, we also did a boat parade on the river. Um, so we had like three big boats and then a flotilla of small boats uh, coming after us with some some rainbow flags. And it was a bit kind of the only way to do a, a sort of demonstration because we weren't able to get any permission to do a proper street parade. And we somehow, you know, mm-hmm. well, why was that? Um, well, in general, the in general, they are not very, um, let's say, they don't encourage ever since. I think it's something that comes back historically from the other big, you know, demonstrations they had in the past decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't grant easily permission for street protests. It's very hard. You need to kind of ask permission in every township and. And it's also, you know, yeah, it can get very messy. So we we kind of bypassed this idea, and yeah, we had our little our little pride on the river twice, and we would then because end it's, up it's at the safer, park. generally speaking. Yeah, safer uh, and okay. kind of more manageable to organize. Yeah, without risks mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah. All right. And, and now I would like to take it a little from the, the time that you're describing now and to go to what is happening, uh, at the moment. Because so what you've just described is, is this, uh, this departure, the spirit of departure of something mm-hmm. new of social transformation, societal transformation. And, uh, then, Just recently, we've seen it. Most of us have seen it on the news. Um, the the military they have taken over the country, basically after a landslide election victory. Uh, from what I know, by Aung San Suu Kyi, 
which is uh, the, the the president or used to be the president, actually nominally still is the president, right? Uh, who's under house arrest now. <laughs> yeah, technically, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and was put on house arrest and the, the, the military took over the streets and basically said that they will have an intermediary phase of uh, transition of power mm -hmm. in some way because they are claiming that there wasn't a proper, the elections were rigged or whatsoever, what we exactly. hear a lot at yeah. the moment. So this did something in Myanmar, though, that uh, I think rests very much in what you have just described, this spirit of, of that they had before of transformation of something new after they had been under military rule already for 50 years. And they had the slight opening up of their country uh, with freedom being something else, uh, something that they hadn't experienced like that before. So this is a yearning. They have touched this in a way and now it's taken away from them again. Very right? well is it, said. Can I, yeah. Could I put it this way? Yeah, absolutely. Like, amazingly said. Yeah. So, and this is the current state of affairs. So this is also why you see people not just despite, and this is something I think that we can't stress enough in this, for fear of life and limb, people are still taking to the streets, facing oh, yeah. tanks, military vehicles, Automatic really weapons. Automatic weapons. And people are not, and the military, they are not afraid to use them. It's, yeah. I think, the last count, and as, you know, terrible as it is to even have a, a body count in that sense or a victim or whatever you want to call it, 600 people officially have been killed already. And I think it's safe yeah. to say that it's a lot more. Uh, than, oh, yeah, than more that. than 700 for sure. And yes. know, some have not been yet uh, like verified but yeah it's really it's really shocking and unbelievable and i think especially the young generation is is not giving up and is really playing a big big part mm. in this i think understandably it's their future yeah. and you know they 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 as you said they have they have tasted what freedom is and and through the internet and And, and change, significant change, fast change, they are not giving up easily, which I wonder if that's something that kind of the military knew, knows. But um, yeah, the resistance has been amazing. And, and women as well have taken like an incredible role, have really been um, on the front line, uh, both on the street as well yeah. as doing work behind the scenes in their own various professional capacities, they have been really, really fantastic. It's really moving. I everything. think, yes, I think, I think what is really so in, in incredibly, uh, I don't even, I also struggle to find the right uh, adjectives because uh, yeah, it's, it's inspiring, whatever, but I, I, I just really, it's, it's, It's absolutely admirable how much courage is being shown and displayed um, yeah. in a situation that is uh, you you do not know what the day will bring. Uh, you go on the street, you're yeah. really at a very high risk of being shot at, of uh, being seriously hurt or killed. And people are not backing down and they're continuing their struggle despite all these odds. And it is something that is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. It also shows you what what a good and what a what an amazing commodity freedom is for all of us who know it. It we take it as granted, we take it for and granted. it's a given. 
Um, but it is one of the greatest gifts that we can possibly call our own. And uh, in Myanmar, people are exactly fighting for that right now. And it's it's inspiring. And it it I think it really needs and deserves our support just for that. Uh, the one human family that I said in the in the opening, um, this is how it functions through solidarity. And I think this is a good moment now as well to come to the initiative that you started, Print for Crisis, uh, with Olga mm -hmm. Stefatu, um, uh, a good acquaintance, uh, a former <laughs> guest also uh, on the podcast, um, where she also already spoke about Myanmar before oh. all of this happened. Um, and... Uh, so you share that love for the country and you decided to do what exactly? Now you explain yeah. instead of me. So, yeah, so we, I met Olga um, in 2015 when I had just moved to Myanmar and she was in Yangon for one of her travels. So then we also did some traveling together. We stayed in touch. And one week after the coup, um, she reached out to me and said, Chiara, you know, we need to do something about this. I mean, you know, let's have a call. Uh, we really, really, really need to to help and organize something from the photography community. So um, we had we had a nice chat, and you know, she said, "Why? What do you think about organizing a small print sale? Maybe we can gather, you know, twenty photographers and um, just do an online." temporary sale and donate some proceeds to to a certain cause. I was like, okay, great. So <laughs> everything since then has exploded because yeah, we thought initially it was gonna be something short and sweet, informal, you know, mm, small and manageable. It became a <laughs> Titanic enterprise. Uh, but we are super happy and proud and excited because we managed to get together 80 photographers from all over the world, including about 10 in the country. And um, each of them donated one image that we are selling as a fully archival C-type print for one month. Uh, so from today, uh, well, from 12th of April to 12th of May. And we are donating all the net proceeds to um, media outlets and journalist support networks and uh, network supporting um, cash aid for artists. So basically everything related to kind of freedom of expression, let's say. Uh, and it was the most natural let's say cause that came up for us as you know to, to support our colleagues um and also the situation for both journalists and artists is really really um difficult more than 60 journalists have been arrested to date and mm. um several are being charged under a, a law that basically um condemns any sort of speaking up against the regime there was a spike in arrests of also artists and celebrities that spoke up lately in the last few days um and more than 100 people are in hiding i mean the numbers could be a lot higher but yeah from the latest that that i was probably reading, yeah. yeah so quite a few photographers and journalists have been shot at and uh yeah it's really 
have a worrying situation. So we're hoping, we're really hoping to make a meaningful contribution for this really important cause. I, I, th I think you, you already are making a, a, a great contribution um, because, you know, it's, first of all, I think you are just, Just looking at what you, just looking at the, the, the cause, the cause is wonderful. The cause is great, wonderful. You know, it is, it is something at least to take a stand, uh, I believe, which is something that's very, very important. And especially with your love relationship with the country, uh, it, it's, it's wonderful that you're doing that. And also to Olga, big, big shout out to Olga as well. Mm, yeah. Um, because, and, and you have also managed to, I have to stress that put together, an absolutely wonderful portfolio of images. I've seen the website oh, yeah, and it you is, ah, it. Like it. Oh, it is just so beautiful. So many mm. beautiful images. And you know, usually I, people that know me know I, I very easily become ironic and stuff and, and stuff. I, I won't even go down that road. It's just wonderful. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Uh, it is, it is a great, great page with wonderful images and you have great photographers as well, like, uh, including well, you, including Olga. Names. Yeah, uh, Nikos Ekonomopoulos, I think, my God, I, I'm terrible now. Yeah. Uh, Christine Perkins, um, John Fink uh, mm -hmm. from Magnum. Uh, oh, those yeah. are the ones that stuck with me. Now. Like really an amazing portfolio of wonderful photographers for a very, very reasonable price. I think 90 pounds, if I remember. Absolutely, 90 correctly. pounds, yeah, plus shipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so doing good by buying a wonderful photo for a great price uh you know like it serves all the purposes uh it so that's for that it's 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 already a wonderful project how was it when you started planning this because you said it kind of grew and it became so big how did it become so big what was the reason for that like because it's, it's easy question. to say we want to have 20 photographers okay we're done thank you very much but uh but you said it just became so big how did that happen so <laughs> i think we initially reached out to to 20, but initially we didn't get many responses. So we were like, oh, wow, okay. So maybe we should email more people, right? We did we did our, you know, independent research and through our networks, people that, uh, people whose work we admire that we had seen coming out of Myanmar or kind of um, colleagues, friends of friends who, um, who suggested some names as well. So I think, yeah, we started like that and we're like, oh, we're not getting so many replies. So we emailed more people and then just suddenly basically 90% said yes. So, so, but what we didn't take into account was that people often reply under deadline. When you put a deadline mm. for something. <laughs> Lessons learned. Lessons, Lessons learned. Lessons yes. learned. Maybe photographers in particular <laughs> reply under deadline. It's possible. And um, <laughs> I think there's a good chance that there's a connection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So kind of the numbers like skyrocketed and also, you know, people also, I mean, some people also got excited and told other people who then got in touch with us. And I mean, we launched today and we already received about uh, 15 emails from photographers that would like to join and donate an image. So we, yeah, now we need to see exactly what we're going to wow. do about that, how we're going to manage extra people joining because um yeah we have a lot on our plates to uh to take care of and yes social media being the main thing because i mean none of us neither me nor olga are social media managers i mean we're not really great at it either 
And uh, it's a lot of work that we never <laughs> forecasted, but everything has been a lot of work, like just, you know, opening up, opening a social enterprise in England, in some ways it's fast and easy, right? Because, you know, you do all the paperwork online, it's 27 pounds, the registration, etc. So, Yes, but then still there is a lot to figure out about it that you need to really investigate, understand, etc. So yeah, I mean compared to Italy, I would say very fast and efficient, but it it is still a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an indication also of, and this is what what why I also asked the question to see that you are met with so much support and solidarity uh reaching out to photographers i personally know that that's not always the case if you ask photographers to to yeah. just give their image for a cause and understandably so as well because of course images can very often uh, be used in a context that you're not okay with uh yeah. if you are the author of, of of a photo um so you should be careful i think it's 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 yeah. It's due diligence because you don't want your own images to support a cause that you are not supporting yourself. And the danger is there. So uh, yeah. no no criticism there, no judgment. But sure. nonetheless, in this particular instance, photographers just really came and wanted to help, wanted to support you because mm -hmm. they felt that this was something they wanted to see their photo contribute to, their work contribute to. Yeah. And, uh, and that's extraordinary. Uh, in itself and it shows that we can just rise above when we just feel that there is something that uh, that is undoubtedly uh, a good a good cause Absolutely. is that your experience as well uh, this kind of solidarity that you've met it's been yeah it's been it's been amazing and also you know consider that for some photographers this might also be a tricky time i mean okay it's fine you're, you're donating an image you're not doing it but you know still i mean uh you're still giving giving a good you know beautiful important photograph for free and i am also conscious yeah. that for some of us these are really really hard times so it's it's i i find it pretty um amazing that the the response has been overall of course we got a few that were a bit uptight and that you know they replied to us saying um that they would never send their pre precious photograph to an unknown person. So a few of these we had, but they're very mm. small, very, very small compared to the numbers. So, I mean, that's with yes. everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also, you know, no, no judgment there. But like I said, it's, it's, it's yeah. good to, to, you know, make sure who uses your images and stuff. But that's mm -hmm. why, like, if you say kind of 90% or something like that, that's, that's absolutely extraordinary. And it just shows it's that. great. You know, human beings are, they're, they're good, I believe, uh, in essence and at heart. Mm. And they just need the right kind of rallying cry. I think that's yeah. just what's maybe missing sometimes. And in this particular circumstance, it seems to have, have met, uh, exactly that, that sentiment. It's also so, so amazing. I think as a photographer to finally use the medium in a new way, which is not mm. just, you know, um, publishing a story, doing an exhibition, but it's actually like using photography to raise money and okay, awareness as well, yes, but you know, for for something important that we really care about. It's um it's really we, like me and all both me and Olga were really motivated by this this idea to find like a new 
purpose for the medium. Wonderful. Um, so now what I would like to know as well from you is how did you find all the photographers? Where where did you find? Did you just uh, randomly write <laughs> to all the photographers uh, in the world? Or was it obviously mainly like uh, agencies? Was it, um, was so, it uh, pe photo photographers you knew as well, of course, I suppose? Um, you said I think that already I, as well. I, I, met, I met quite a few, uh, you know, in, in Myanmar that just came through the country. The, the photo community there is quite mm. small. So I, I did manage to meet a lot, a lot of them personally. Uh, then we had a friend who has a photography gallery in Yangon called Myanmar Data, a wonderful space. And he also gave us a hand um, with scouting some photographers through his network that he knows. Um, and then, yeah, I think with Olga, we kind of, we put the word out and we did also some kind of agency stalking. <laughs> uh online so we did look up <laughs> a few agency photographers you know if they had worked in myanmar uh and uh yeah it's i mean sometimes it's tricky because you know some photographers maybe had worked in myanmar but they didn't have work about myanmar on the website so of course we we, we missed some of those as well uh but yeah a friend also from anchor photo festival which is a festival in the region helped us putting a little call out on Facebook. So we got a few contacts from her as well. So, yeah, we did it mm. mostly through word of mouth. I guess another way to do it would be to put out a, an open call. Probably it's another option. Mm. But then I guess, ah, yes, yeah, that would be, yeah. Yeah. Maybe through social networks, you know, one could, yeah. Put an official call out next time, maybe right. if if there will be a next time if we survive. <laughs> well, actually, this is a whole other thing as well um, because you, in order to do this, uh, you had to start an NGO, right? You, yeah, you, this so is started... really a, not an initiative. It's yeah, a... give us a bit more more detail because it's 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 a difference between you know, okay, here's this initiative, and I'm just giving my money to these two wonderful ladies yeah. that have this idea. But but this is really you you did the whole works right. This My is goodness, uh, yeah. the whole shebang, right? <laughs> to put it to put it yeah, with these fancy words. We had a hard time kind of figuring this out initially, right? Because I mean, of course, you can do it from your personal bank account, let's say, right? You could also do this uh, as an individual. However, I mean, if you want to make something uh, professional, a bit bigger, proper it's not really the best solution. So we, I guess when we, when we were talking with Olga, we had two options initially and one was to open our own nonprofit. And the second one was to partner with an existing organization. So the partner with an existing organization is not so simple because actually, you know, people, especially connected to Myanmar, very busy. Um, it also had to be something connected to our cause Uh, people that we trusted, people that could properly support us um, with accounting, banking, everything. So it, it turned out to be more tricky than we thought, the partnering situation. And um, so we opened uh, Print for Crisis, which is a community interest company. So technically, it's basically a nonprofit because uh, by law, there's no shares distribution. 
and everything is regulated through the community mm. and just company commission. Everything is on public record, report accounts, all of it. Uh, we found an accountant who's supporting us, a nonprofit person uh, specialist who is helping us with reporting. Mm. And uh, yeah, so we it took a while to figure out, honestly. Uh, it's also, it was a new thing for us as well. <laughs> yes, but lifelong learning, hashtag lifelong, lifelong learning. learning. <laughs> yeah, there were, I mean, my, my <laughs> advice would be, you know, if, if, if someone wants to put in place anything similar, just, you know, you have to um, stick to it, like re resilience and, you know, keep going. There will be lots of hurdles, ups and downs, bumps along the way from all sides things you never forecasted, you know, weird paperwork issues, what, whatever, but just keep going and, and, and eventually you're going to get there. But it, it probably took us uh, three times as much as we thought in terms of time to set this up overall. It sounds like your average uh, photography documentary project, uh, the way you just put that. Uh, <laughs> But, <laughs> but, um, so, um, what, what, so what do you, what do you, what are your hopes for, for the initiative? What are your hopes, um, for, do you have a number of what you want to, uh, of a sales number? Do you, do you, is, is there like a particular goal that you have or are you just taking it day by day and you're thinking, um, you know, every, every, every cent counts? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, we haven't thought about it much. I mean, we are hoping, you know, we're, we're really hoping it's going to go well and that we are going to be able to raise some, some good money for this. We're also planning to distribute it to different networks. So of course, it means, right, all the money has to be then divided up uh, basically by, by four. Um, so hopefully we'll, mm. we, yeah, we will sell many. Um, but let's see, you know, everything we're happy with, with whatever, whatever, whatever will work. And, um, yes. Yeah, so every, we, every photo counts. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 totally. And, you know, also the idea, I mean, we really love the idea of, um, of these photos traveling to like all over the world in people's home to just really remind us of Myanmar and not to forget it, especially now that the country is literally being cut off from the whole world because all mobile internet and all Wi-Fi's are off. They are cutting fiber lines as well. So less and less information is going to come out of there. Um, we're just really hoping to keep, keep momentum and, and keep um, Myanmar in our thoughts. I think what you're just saying is also uh, uh, important to point out that it's very difficult to um, get an inside picture of Myanmar at the moment because uh, as we're speaking, everything is being closed. You, you've repeatedly said that uh, the internet is being shut down. So uh, we've also been trying on our side to, because, you know, it's always, I understand that it's, it's, it's always now there's a German and an Italian talking about Myanmar, you know, obviously um, who can best speak for Myanmar are Burmese people themselves, right? Um, this, uh, we are very, 
very much aware of that, but it is very, very difficult at the moment uh, to have your ear on the ground and to reach people there because the infrastructure at the moment is almost <laughs> non-existent to make a remote call like we're doing right now. Yeah, um, We'll keep on trying. Abs of course, as well, and uh, and uh, and 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 see what what we can do. But in the meantime, it's uh, you know it's an Italian and a German here, yeah. um, uh, and uh, and that's that's it's wonderful what you are doing. It's the initiative is is really worth so worth supporting, and and even regardless of the cause. Uh, The images are just beautiful, so oh, I, I think okay. I just have to stress that enough as well. You have also an image in there; it's 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 great, and I think yes. Is there anything else that you have on mind that you would like to share with 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 the audience? I, I read here, and this is what you said. I just want to quickly read that uh, actually before you uh, share your thoughts. Each donated image will travel around the world to remind of beauty, connection, and independence together. Let's send a message to the Myanmar people that they are being seen. It's the best way to to describe, yeah, the initiative as well. Mm. Art being a medium that connects, that builds bridges, and that puts us all a little closer together. Maybe absolutely. I think that's yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, I think I can't stress But, enough. I think we we have done this. We will we will also try in the in the next four three weeks. Well, you just said you launched today, so today is Monday mm -hmm. the 12th. The episode will be coming yeah. out on Thursday, mm -hmm. uh, which is the let me do my maths right, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th of April. So yeah. coming out in three days. And we will be covering this and uh, supporting you in this with additional interviews. We have some things lined up. Like I said as well already, we have to see how, how everything works out because it is a little difficult to to have a call into Myanmar and so on. We're, we're seeing what we can For do For the there. internet, unfortunately, yeah. Exactly. So we will we will see what we can do and... Um, And in the meantime, really, I can just recommend highly to everybody listening today that uh, they get a really very, very, very reasonably priced, very beautiful photo on printforcrisis.org. I will link to that. Um, and it is, yeah, it's, it's, it will definitely be worth each and every one of your time. Uh, Super. Any, anything in closing, Chiara? Anything you want to share with the audience? Oh, With thank me. you so much, Bastian. I mean, I think it was great. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry about my limited <laughs> cognitive capacity today because with the launch and all the work and last night being up until late, it's been a bit of a, uh, yeah, brain. What are you talking about? Slow well, first brain. Of all, you've been, you've, <laughs> you've, been do, you've been doing great. You've been doing absolutely mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, it was absolutely uh, wonderful to have you on board of the Yellow Van. Um, and, and really, I mean, if, if there is one good excuse anyway, if you really think there was some, some lack in your cognitive performance today, then, uh, you have been up and, uh, nights and days of running this, trying to figure it out. I also know that you had extreme trouble opening a bank account and you oh, had yeah, to deal with a lot of, of Uh, with a with a lot of unexpected uh, major forces to put it that way and uh, mm -hmm. and yeah so so really no reason to apologize <laughs> only for me to say thank you that people like you are doing this in a time where where you know people need to be seen and need to know that they're not alone and the world is watching and giving them their attention so thank, thank you, you very much for doing it for, for sharing it and and you know talking so well about it really 
It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I don't know if I talk well about it. Yes, I, I do amazing. my very best. But uh, no, no, anyway, okay. This is where I have to cut all the microphones. <laughs> Kiara, it was such a pleasure to have you. Keep doing the wonderful work that you are doing. And like I said, uh, the next weeks, we will also um, report back and see what's happening and, and keep this in our focus. So Fantastic. thank you very, very much for being with us today. Thank you so much. Have a much. wonderful night. Grazie. Speak to you soon. You too. Ciao, Super Bastian. Thank you. And this marks the end of this week's trip in the yellow van. If we manage to spark your interest and solidarity for current events in Myanmar, please take five minutes and visit printforcrisis.org. Even if you are just in it for a nice, affordable, limited edition fine art print for your wall, this is a great opportunity to fill that nagging blank space above your dinner table. Because, as it turns out, doing good for yourself as well as others doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. And don't forget to tell your friends about it either. All information about Chiara and what she does besides coming up with valuable initiatives, you can find in the show notes along with all other relevant links to today's conversation. Thank you so much for coming along on the Yellow Van today. We hope you enjoyed your time on the road with us. We sure enjoyed our time with you. If you feel I missed some essential questions or follow-ups, like I'm sure I did, send them to us and we will have them answered for you. Or get in touch with Chiara directly through the Print for Crisis website for everything directly related to the print sale. For the duration of the print sale over the next month, we will try to get Burmese voices on the show as well and plan for an extended stay in Myanmar. As the development of the situation is quite unpredictable at the moment, it will be a little touch and go. So please bear with us. We hope to welcome you back next week for a brand new episode from or about Myanmar. Until then, stay healthy, keep loving and always remember, we are one human family. Take it away, Jim.
you stand as far as your right. 